Cairo or Cairo yeah, FM? Cairo, right, right, right. No, they, they, they the AM is is the one. Okay. You, you know, Keith. Um, uh, before we get into today's show, I I found a, a a tool that I can use that can drop in like little things like a drum roll. Well, you did. Or, you did it last uh, week. You know, something you did, you know, the, like uh, the laugh track. You, yeah. You, 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 yeah. Yeah, clapping. Very cheesy. Very cheesy. But, you know, what the heck? It's, it fits. What, what are we? It's our cheesy? podcast. We can be as cheesy as we want. That's, exactly That's right. That's right. right. And it really is. It is a summer doldrum here. You know, it's really quiet. I mean, you know, there's nothing going on. The big news is. You know, some guy moves from middays to afternoons uh, full-time in Biloxi, and it's just, you know, really quiet. So Keith and I thought it would be fun to take this episode of Media Insultant and tell a couple of stories, you know, with a concept around, you can't make this shit up. You just can't make this shit up. And so let's tell a couple of stories. So uh, good morning. Let's get the formal introduction. Uh, we're back with a, a special edition of Media Insultant for uh, this week. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. Keith Samuels is uh, down in Southern California. We welcome you to the Wednesday, July 12th special episode, You Couldn't Make This Shit Up episode of Media Insultant. Keith, you're right. Chat GPT can't make this stuff up. You, you hit it on the head, my friend. You know, you know they may, the stories they we can smart. tell in our business. Are, That's right. AI may be pretty smart, but they're not as – they can't compete with the truth. And, boy, do we have some interesting truths to share. Yeah. We're going to share a couple today, and hopefully people uh, who have their own stories would submit them to us, and we can integrate them into coming episodes Um uh, you can't make this shit up. Is actually, I stole that from Tom Taylor, who was the editor who ran Radio Insider for years and years oh, yeah. and years, arguably one of the two or three best radio editors out there in the trade business. And we've got some great stories to tell. So from time to time, we'll add them to the Media Insultant podcast. And as I said, we'd love to hear your stories. You can send them to us at Jackson and InTown Media. And uh, if they're appropriate, we will include them. Hmm. If they're not appropriate, we'll probably include them, too. <laughs> so the, the first story I've got is, Keith, as a 15-year-old kid, I was working in a little town in northern Wisconsin called Wausau at a radio station called WXCO. It was the home of Mr. X. I don't know what the hell that meant, but it was the home of Mr. X. And we were kind of the third station in a two-station market, little thousand water at 1230. Uh, but we had a pretty good sales organization. It was I was only 15 at the time, didn't have any sales sensitivity, but noticed the logs were full, and I also noticed that most of the key advertisers in the market were on the radio station. So, uh, And I do want to emphasize this was really, there were just three stations in town, and there was an FM station nobody listened to. But WXCO was running an MOR format. There was a top 40 station and a news talk station, but... Primarily, we were doing kind of a an MOR, a lot of Patsy Klein and uh, and Frank Sinatra and that kind of stuff. Okay. Middle so, of the road MOR well, for you kids out there is middle of the road. So that was kind of like your parents' you. music. It was kind of like there you yeah, go, there you go, yeah. And and 
the sales department, a lot of it uh, seemed to rest on a guy by the name, of, his nickname was Sarge. We called him Sarge. He was the GSM, the LSM, the NSM, the uh, regional sales manager. I mean, he just did everything, right? Yeah. But he'd been an Army recruiter beforehand, and that was where he got the nickname and decided when he retired to get into radio sales. And as you can imagine, he was, you know, gruff and rough, but, you know, big heart kind of a guy, right? Right. And Sarge was, let me be clear, Sarge was a big guy. He was he was a large guy, I mean, 300 pounds plus easily, and uh, probably six foot five, something like that. Okay. He was just a, an enormous guy. But, uh, and, and I loved it because he drove this black four-door 1960 Chrysler Imperial. I mean, these are the luxury cars that Chrysler made in the early 60s, late 50s. And it was huge. It was the size of the Queen Mary. And big fins and, and bullseye taillights on the back end of it. And in fact, one day I was pulled out into Grand Avenue and was right discovered I was behind him. And I'm looking at his car going down the road. And the whole car is kind of tilting to the, to the left because Sarge weighed so much, he crushed the left-hand side of the suspension on this Imperial. Pretty entertaining. Anyway... Uh, he um, he was our sales guy, and one summer day, I don't know what got into him. I think he was trying to, you know, indoctrinate the newbie. I was the new kid on the at the station. He invited me to make a sales call with him. He was going to go to this big furniture store in town called Leith's Furniture, and um, so we walk in, meet Mister Leith, sit down in his office, and Sarge presents him, introduces me as you know, just kind of a kid hanging along introduces this package to the owner and i don't know what the package was but but it was i'm sure it was a very compelling package you know but mr leith did not seem particularly up to it he he was very reluctant to say the least to sign this thing and you know even as a dumb kid and i was a dumb kid uh, i saw that reluctance and wondered if sarge would be able to close this deal keith so what happened next is, realizing he was kind of at a dead end, Sarge stands up and stands up to his full six-foot-five length and his ample girth and height, and he says to Mister, to the owner of the, of the furniture store, all right, are you going to sign this, or am I going to have to start sitting on the inventory? I thought that was the best closing line I'd ever heard. It's no wonder, and I wonder if you ever had that closing line taught when you were working with CSS. Did you, Keith? You know, that, that's one line we never heard, never used, never encountered. So, um, wow, that's pretty amazing. Don't make me sit on the inventory. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> scary stuff. Wow. Actually, he okay. he. He signed. It was so funny that he said, "Oh, what the hell!" And he signed the deal. So it was. A, you, I'm sure you've got some good closing lines you can think up if you think about it. But that was one of my favorites. There's no question about that. I'm going to have to dig some closing lines out of the old memory bank. But no, never heard that one. Never yeah. heard that one. But you know, you talk about the Sarge. You right. talk about Sarge and those characters, right? Um, first day I'm at work as the general sales manager at. Uh, at Kim FM in Tucson, okay, 99.5. Kim FM, probably a 20 share of the market at that point in, 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 in oh, ratings. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. We owned the market. We did probably 30 40% share of the revenue. 
AM and FM, it was Kim and K-Cub. K-Cub was the traditional country AM station. Kim FM was the big country uh, FM station in the market. And um, and, I, and I just moved from Tucson, from Seattle to Tucson. And, and the station was owned by Jim and Norma Sloan. And Jim Sloan uh, was, 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 at, was the GM when I started there before he handed the reins over to his son, Jamie, uh, about six months later, not even that much. Anyway, so Jim comes down the hall at this beautiful mud adobe brick uh, one-story building out on the you know west side of Tucson. And he says, Keith, Keith just, just a couple things. Just great to have you here. Jamie's really excited. Just great to have you come, you know, come and help us out here down in Tucson. But I just want to, wanted to let you know that you know, you've met Bob Lundingham, right? Yeah, one of the sales guys. Yeah, Bob, right, yeah. And he says, well, just so you know, you know Bob, Bob's been working for me for a long time. And, and, and as long as I draw a breath, Bob's going to have a job here at our radio station. I said, okay. Oh. You're all right. All right. I got okay. it. You own the station. And if you want Bob to work here, that's your call. Fine. Then I'll do whatever I can to help Bob uh, survive and succeed. And so Bob, Bob was probably in his late 50s at the time. And I noticed something strange when I drove into the, to the radio station that first day because there was a, a parking spot with Mr. Sloan, name on the, on the curb where he parked his car. And next to Mr. Sloan was a parking space, and all it said on the, on the, on the curb was, The Legend. And, uh, <laughs> and, next, uh, and nobody else had any spot, parking spots. Jamie didn't even have his name on a parking spot. The Sun. So I quickly learned that it's Bob the Legend Lunningham. Okay? And now it's all starting to come, to, come together with me. And, and I'm, so I, I go in, and I'm, I'm going to go you know, say something to Bob, but he's on the phone making a call in his cubicle across the way from my office. And he's leaving, he's leaving the message saying, it's Bob Lunningham, that's L-U-N as in Nancy, I-N-G as in girl, H-A-M, heavy on the ham, please. Please call me back at this number. I'm going, <laughs> oh my gosh. So Bob, was, Bob was, was, was one of those old style sellers, right? Those guys that, this was back in the 90s, and he was in his 50s. I mean, it was, he'd been selling radio since the 60s and you know just old school so i you know so i got to you know i did my best to take care of bob the legend lunningham and bob was a was a determined seller he did augmandino he recited augmandino affirmations every morning in the mirror to get fired up for his day at the office and i said so one day i'm talking to bob i said bob what do you how do you how do you stay in shape i mean you're you're pretty fit for a guy your age and and uh you know he goes well well what i do keith is that i go out to the to the Wild Wild West, which was a big country bar on the on the uh, outskirts of Tucson, a former bowling alley that they converted into a country nightclub, and it had a racetrack dance floor, Jackson. Okay, and that that means it was okay. like a and, in, and a bar in the middle. In the infield was a bar, and you know it was like a roller derby you know rink, right? That was the dance floor with a railing all around the outside, and this place was massive. So this was almost like a you know. I don't want to say it was a quarter mile around, but it was, it was, you know, it was significant. And he goes, and I go out there, and I, I have a Jack Daniels and Coke, and then I ask the best-looking girl in the club to go dance, and you know, the guys are looking at me like, who's this guy? And uh, and he goes, and I, and he two steps, you know, laps, and he, t- and he's a great country dancer. So he does that for a few laps or four or five <laughs> laps. 
a couple of songs, asked another. Now the girls are lined up to dance with Bob the Legend Lunningham because he's the only guy that knows how to dance and and handle a woman properly in that dancing process. Has another Jack and Coke, and that's that's how Bob the Legend Lunningham, you know, used to stay in shape. Now it's interesting because this 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 country bar, you know, the Wild Wild West was what it was called. And the sign above the men's room said, if you can't get lucky here, you can't get lucky anywhere, okay? And the slogan on their commercials <laughs> for the Wild Wild West was, an acre of dancing and romancing. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and Bob would hold court out there three or four nights a week and, uh, and fire it up. But there's the, there's the legend, Bob the Legend Lenningham. So I love it. I love it. We have met interesting people. During our tenure. There isn't any question about it. No question. All right, I'll, I'll finish up with one final story that in this, uh, you know, you can't make this shit up kind of sequence of stories for this special edition of Media Insultant. This goes back to, it was the uh, summer of uh, probably 86, uh, and Eric Rhodes and I ran KLRZ. It uh, was the hot rocking, flame-throwing, butt-kicking Z95. Obviously... And- chr right and and where was this yeah i'm sorry thank you for asking and this was in salt lake city this is eric rhodes of radio yeah yeah oh wow you were yeah you're big thing big deal well well we were we were a little little thing back then trying to figure out how to run this radio station that uh he and his dad had bought and yes he's now the publisher of radio inc and rbr tvbr but this promotion we did we needed a big promotion so we we threw 50 car keys. The idea is we throw 50 car keys into a pool of jello. And one lucky key would start the grand prize, which was a new car. Yep, yep. Now, it might have been a used car for all I remember. It may have been a piece of shit, but I, I don't remember that. But each contestant would jump into the pool of jello and grab one key. And if the key started the car, you know, they, they won the car. And if not, well, the contestants continued to jump into the pool of jello. I know. We probably didn't think this out real well at the time. But the promotion was actually very big. We got a lot of uh, participation in it. And contestants were drawn on the air each day at 720 and 520, right? right, right. <laughs> Just so we could get those sweep numbers. We, and we, it was called the Z95 Jello Jump. And we promoted it all summer long, and it actually did create a good deal of buzz. But, you know, we, we, we were not the smartest guys in the room at that point. About two weeks out, uh, somebody said, hey, where, where are we going to get this jello? We've got to fill a jello, a pool full of jello. How are we going to do this? And we're going to need a ton of jello. And this was before you could go to Costco and buy a ton of jello. So being creative, I thought, oh, I know, I'll call the guy at Kraft. And so I called the guy at Kraft, who was the promotion guy for Kraft Foods, and I explained this promotion, how cool it was, and how there were going to be, you know, great tie-ins with his product, and we could, you know, do a tie-in with a grocery chain. It was going to be huge, huge, huge. I'm telling you, it's going to be huge. (laughs) And I said, you know, what I want you to do is donate me 50 pounds of Jell-O for our Z95 Jell-O jump. And he hung up on you. No, there was a long pause, though. A long pause after I'd explained this promotion to him. And I'll never forget his line. He said, uh, Mr. Weaver, Jello is for eating, not for jumping. <laughs> and that was that. There was no Jello to be had for us. 
He wouldn't, yeah, click. He wouldn't even sell it to us in quantity. So I think we just ended up using colored water and kind of forgot that it was the Jello jump. But, you know, if we did that same thing today, we'd probably get sued for misrepresentation of the viscous fluid they were supposed to jump into. But still, it was a fun promotion. It helped with the ratings a lot. And it also was a time when you could get away with that stuff. Today, you know, I just can't imagine doing that sort of thing. So those are those are three of our you can't make this shit up stories. So I hope we get hope we get some input from some people and they send us their stories because there's some fun stories, mostly because we dealt with really fun people, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And here's to those great old sales guys. Um, and we only scratched the surface. There are more of them. But here's to the, here's to the Sarge and here's to Bob the Legend Lunningham. Heavy on the ham, please. May he rest in peace. <laughs> And please, if you've got a story that you'd like to uh, contribute uh, to, you can't make this shit up on Media Insultant, send it to us. Jackson at InTownMedia.com. We'd love to hear from you, and maybe we'll integrate it into a podcast in the coming couple of weeks. And maybe we'll do jello shots on the air. So just so, you know, just to... <laughs> You'll never look at jello again the same. You probably don't never. look at it very often anyway, so it doesn't matter much. Well, Keith, I hope everybody had a great 4th of July holiday. Man, summer is slipping away on us way too fast. But we will be, uh, see if we can't do this uh, next Wednesday. We're a production of In Town Media. And you can find the podcast on any podcasting platform. The videos, should you want to watch us do this ridiculous show on video, are at the Media Insultant Showcase at Vimeo. All right. Drop a new show each Wednesday. We'll do it again next Wednesday. And... Keith, in the meantime, I just hope you have a uh, a great week, and do be careful of the jello shots. They sneak up on you. Shot, shot, shots. Thanks, Jackson. Take care, buddy.